afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we broadcast today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Lots of things to look at. It's kind of a gloomy day. We know that there's been snow dealings, rains, you name it. It is not allowing for this harvest to get finished up. Darren Fessler is joining us today with Lakefront Futures. Let's kind of start there. We got some rain here in Nebraska. I know that it traveled into Iowa as well, and we know that this weather is going to continue to move eastward. It does. It puts a stop to combines, but I had one guy say he was grateful for the rain because he'd already had one fire in the field and he didn't want another one. Yeah, I mean, this little bit of rain that we may have gotten, I mean, probably needed. Uh, it's hard, kind of weird to say after how wet have we, wet have we been, but we've had a lot of 30, 40 degree or 30 mile hour wind gusts so far and it's you know it dries things out in a hurry especially when you start doing tillage you know things dry out but uh you know i look at the progress across the country and how, how slow progress has been uh you know it maybe give guys a little bit of a break that have been pounding out those acres but right now i think that it's just how slow harvest is and how slow the market is that's just kind of the kind of the time frame of the year i think we're in right now where guys just you know, if you are harvesting, you are looking for re-ownership. If you have sold, I think, you know, it's just one of those things. You just got to stay patient just because of the time frame of the year and where the chart structure is at. North Dakota, more snow. I mean, this is mid, almost late November now. It's to be expected, but there's still a lot of corn out in the field. Yeah, I mean, there's still 75% of the projected acres to, to get out in North Dakota. I mean, they're sitting a little over 300 million bushels still out in the field. USDA did come out uh, yesterday morning and said they are going to, go past that, I believe it's November 25th uh, crop progress deadline, and they'll they'll probably go out to December, but as they probably should at this point. I mean, the harvest is is slow, and there's a lot of questions about, you know, the earlier stuff that had taken place in North Dakota and Minnesota, uh, and I think that kind of goes back to some of their, you know, their revisions um, or resurveying and, and the, you know, the validity of that resurvey. Uh, because there's still at that time there wasn't a whole lot of stuff being harvested so um yeah they probably should ex- you know expand that crop progress for for a while yet so since we're talking about the crop progress it kind of leads into those USDA reports we knew that there was going to be resurveying done in a variety of different states but they have continued to have the snow the rain how much of those surveys really were completed in earnest to give a good representation that's a great question, and, and I don't think a lot of people have a, a really good answer for that. Uh, because of the conditions in the Dakotas and Minnesota, that there's still going to be a lot of questions whether what gets harvested in 19 and what gets harvested in the spring, because there is a, a major concern in, in parts of the Dakotas, more or less North Dakota, that you have a lot of low test weights. You still have corn that's 25-plus moisture, and and you have an issue with propane still, so it's it, it's one of those things. Do you leave it out in the field, take the risk that it hopefully doesn't get blown over, or do you you harvest the low test weight corn, shove 200 degree heat on it, maybe lower that test weight a little bit more, or, or, or hurt the quality of it? It's you know a lot of producers up there they're they're caught in a rock and a hard place right now, mm-hmm. and just a lot of uncertainties of what to do. I think that's a lot of it. And even if they can get propane, as we know, that's been an issue up north as well. So that causes, do you just leave it in the field and let Mother Nature try to dry it down? It, it is. It comes down to economics. It comes down to how much is it worth drying something that's 
say, 30 moisture down with it when it's already low test weight, does that have an impact at the end of the day mm-hmm. on that final yield and, and at the end, more so on that, what's the profit on that? Does it, does it make sense for them to do that in case-by-case scenario? As you look at the soybeans, are they in a difficult spot right now? Very. Uh, we've been talking about the soybean bearishness for the last few weeks here at Lakefront, and it's, it's, we're finally starting to get to a con- little bit of a consolidation area between that 895, we haven't got quite there, quite there yet, 895 and that 905 mark. So there's a lot of trade that has taken place between those levels. And it's also, we hit up against that 62% retracement from that September to October uh, low and high. So, you know, within the next 5, 10 cents, it's going to be very, very interesting with given the lack of, you know, positive, you know, uh, or I should say bullish news out of South America. But it's just right now, it, how it reacts around next 5, 10 cents is going to be very, very interesting. Or do we break further lower? I think that's a big thing. You look at South America. I know that they've had some weather issues like we've had weather issues here. They're finally getting some rains. But do they have the supplies to be able to meet that global demand that's been putting extra pressure on them? Yes, there are some analysts out in Brazil that say that their corn supply is running low, which kind of that makes our situation a little bit more encouraging here. I think maybe that's some of the, the positive increase today. But uh, I think that that is going to be something that if we go forward here, we're going to have to watch very closely once the calendar turns to 20. Knowing that their supplies are low and knowing that China, more than likely this agreement is not going to be done in 2019, how does that bode for, for corn and beans as we move into 2020? I, I think that it's it's something where there's, there's, there's enough uncertainty out there as far as the, the corn yield, the corn production, even on the bean side, I don't think this market, yes, it's beat up here. I don't think they're willing to really get crazy with it at these levels until there's a little bit more data. I think right now is the trend is your friend, but I don't think that trend is going to get really, really crazy beyond these points that we're already at. Could we see some optimism, though, in early 2020? Oh, definitely, both on the corn and beans. And that comes down to one, South American supplies, and what does Brazilian Argentina weather do? Lots of things to think about. We'll come back. Stick around, folks. We do have a lot more to talk about. We'll dive in a little bit more of the grain happenings. A look. It's crazy we're talking, Darren, about 2020, but it is only a month and a few days away. More is coming up. We'll also take a look at what's been happening with the cattle numbers. We saw some lower futures. How is cash panning out? And African swine fever I saw earlier today. It has spread once again. Luckily, knock on wood, not here in the U.S. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Did you ever ride your bike with a clothespin and a baseball card? Or use a typewriter for a school paper? Then here's a timely alert. Americans born from 1945 to 1965 are five times more likely to have hepatitis C, which often has no symptoms, but is a leading cause of liver cancer. The good news? Treatments are available that can cure hepatitis C. Talk with your doctor about getting a blood Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Darren Fessler joining us here in studio from Lakefront Futures as we continue here in part two. Kind of want to continue on the grain side. And you and I got talking during the commercial discussion. Obviously, this is going to kind of blend in with the livestock as well. But Hong Kong, and we were talking trade with China, and we know that we want to see something done. But everything that's going on with Hong Kong, how much do you see that as a hindrance to getting a trade deal done, which then is a hindrance for our prices here. I think it's a huge 
uh, ordeal as far as the U.S. getting a deal done with China, and I've mentioned this numerous times on social media, that if, if like we were talking, if, if the tanks start rolling into Hong Kong, you can forget a trade deal all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that tensions in Hong Kong have to be paid attention to because the U.S. Senate and the, the you know Congress has passed a bill tying a lot of human rights abuses into that trade deal. So they need to Hong Kong situation really needs to start calming down here a lot because uh, right now we're just at a stalemate. It seems like uh, with the China trade talks, and you know they came out. Uh, earlier this morning, saying, "Hey, we would, you know, we want to meet in Beijing ahead of Thanksgiving." You know, we how many times have we been down this road where we've had these? We get so close to a signing, or we get so close on a deal, and then something in Hong Kong comes up, and we've seen recent, you know, news mm-hmm. footage of what's going on with the universities over there. So it, it's just something producers and traders and market participants in general have to focus on i mean if that tension starts to really like i said get hairy it is no go with this china trade deal which is is very frustrating because it's sad that we have to and i don't mean to get political here but it's sad that we have to put a bill into place to talk about the human rights with a country that is more about the numbers than they are about feeding their people that that's what's the difficult part about this negotiation negotiation with China is there. There's so many rolling parts to to our economy, to their economy, mm-hmm. to to the United States culture, to the Chinese culture. That it comes to, at the end of the day to be a very difficult, you know, you know, grand deal, you know, so to speak. And and that's where I think that this this trade has been going on and on and on is because it is difficult to you know maybe agree on certain things that are just so founded in, in your, your in your culture and your your uh, your country at this point let's just agree to disagree and move forward that's i think that probably better off for both countries yeah. looking at um african swine fever we know we continue to see the spread of it and looking at this hog market looking at the soybean market and how tightly they're married together what are your thoughts i mean we're what 16 months into this yeah i, I think it comes down to We've talked about this also before where it's, you know, it's the Chinese wanting the South American bean. And we're, sadly to say, we're the backup plan to that. And we're almost putting ourselves kind of in a corner here where we're really needing Brazil to have some of an issue or an entire demand picture really shift where we're utilizing both supplies of both countries in a meaningful way. And, And right now there's just, there's not that weather scare now, I think the one that might develop here, there seems like there always does at some point, um, but there's not one there right now to really get the, you know, say the bean market, to really get too excited. I mean, we, we know that the crop is not what it was last year, but we also know we don't know what the crop is. Right. So there, there's both sides of those coins there. So it's it's just going to have to be a week-by-week, month-by-month situation. What does the USDA say, and then what does the weather do in South America? Cattle futures, we saw some lower trade for a Thursday. Is that going to continue into a Friday? Yeah, that tr- the whole cattle complex has been very interesting just due to the fact that we've had this massive run-up on both feeders and fats that, you know, we've stepped in here with some hedges for some guys here. But it's the trend recently, though, has been sideways or lower. And I, I think one still has to follow where that 20-day moving average is. If you start seeing some 
some real big moves below there. You know the trend is probably intact. It's probably going to move a little bit lower here. But cash overall is is hanging up there. It's doing relatively fine. I'm not too concerned with that. Uh, the spreads have really come in a little bit. Now they're starting to back out. So I think that you you wait till the cattle on feed on Friday to see what those placement numbers are because those estimates right now for placements were about 112%. So that's, I think the market was anticipating that. But if we start coming up with 109, granted, it's below the trade estimates. I still think that's going to give enough fuel uh, to keep this cattle a little bit higher yet. Interesting times ahead uh, cash-wise. Both cattle and hogs, we get ready to head into the holidays. Once Thanksgiving hits. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking on hogs, I mean, cash is still at a discount to the futures on that Dece board. That's not surprising. Dece is having a struggle here. But you start turning that calendar to 20, and it has much as we've been beat up here, uh, yeah, hogs present a very good opportunity here, I think. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? 402-366-0423. Find me on Twitter at DDFAlpha and LakefrontFutures.com. All right, thanks so much. That is a look at the Fontenelle final bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. Thanks to Fontenelle and all the local Fontenelle dealers for the sponsorship of the Fontenelle final bell. You can pick it up as a podcast through our website at KRVN or wherever you subscribe to your podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.